welcome. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. We're going to read our theme verse today. We're so glad you're with us. If you're a guest, I'm Jared Mang. I'm the lead pastor here. And man, you're in the right place. God's doing some wonderful things. I want us to read this passage as they get the TV ready. It's found in Exodus chapter 17, verse 11. And I want to kind of lay the foundation for you. Basically, we've, we've learned some, some interesting truths. And what we discovered is that God wants us to be hands up, right? Hands up represents things like prayer, worship. And so I want us to read our theme verse. Thank, can we give a big hand to Mark, the, the, the miracle worker there? Thank you, Mark. <laughs> all right, let's read it all together. I want you on, online to join us as well. Here we go. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. When they were hands up, the victory came. We've been learning about the power of that. So I want you to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You're here in this room right now, and you're getting ready to download some truth that's going to bring life, it's going to bring hope, and it's going to bring freedom. Because when we know truth, the truth sets us free. So anoint every word spoken and anoint every heart and mind to hear and receive it. We just say this, say this, say, Lord, prepare me for your truth. Speak to me. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Man, what an exciting day. You know, as I began to think about this concept of hands up, I realized that maybe you've come today and you've missed some of this series. Let me say you can go to the app, you can go to our YouTube uh, channel, you can go to the website, and you can actually watch the other sermons to catch up. We learned as context that the children of Israel had left Egypt. God had set them free from this place of bondage and slavery, brought them through the Red Sea, and now they're on their way to the promised land. And as they're on their way to the promised land, they end up being attacked by this nomadic tribe called the Amalekites. And as that battle began to ensue, Moses tells his general, Joshua, he says, I want you to go gather the warriors together and go down into the valley and engage the enemy. And while you do that, I'm going to go up to the top of the mountain. And he said, I'm going to hold the staff in my hand. And I'm going to do my part by holding up my hands in the battle. And you're going to fight down in the valley. And we know that as he did that, when his hands were up, they saw victory. But when his hands were down, they started to experience defeat. And so we learned over the last few weeks kind of what this concept of hands up means on a practical level in our lives. Like how can we see victory? Let me ask a question. How many want to see victory in your lives? In your kids, in your calling, in your business, in your ministry, and all that God's called you to do. And so we learned week one that we need to be hands up in worship. Um, Pastor Macy, she mentioned that, right? She said, come on, let's go hands up. And we learned the power of hands up in worship. We also learned hands up in prayer and intercession, that God wants us to pray and intercede with hands extended towards heaven. We also learned last week that we need to be hands up in warfare, right? That we need to fight in this battle because we're all in a spiritual battle and you have to choose to fight. 
So I'm going to give you the big bumper sticker this weekend, and then I'll give you some points to help you connect that to your life and get practical. But the big idea this weekend, and it's the last in the series, and and I think it's probably one of the most important things that we learn here at Higher Vision Church, and that is that God wants us to be, write this down if you're taking notes, we need to be hands up in relationship. Relationship is a strategic part of bringing victory in your life. So you've got to be hands up in relationship. Now, let me just say that's something that happens naturally, right? If you walk into a room and you meet someone and start a relationship, what do you do? You go hands up, right? You're like, you reach out and you shake their hand, all right? How many have done that? Okay. Uh, you know, there's other ways that that happens. I mean, you know, sometimes hands up in relationship is like high five. Come on, anybody ever done like the high five and they left you hanging? And you're kind of like, right? You know, there's also that hands up moment like that you'll see. I've had this kind of awkward bro moment, you know, where you go up to a a person and they're kind of like, and you don't know if they're going for the handshake or the hands up or for the hug. And so then you kind of get caught in the middle of the kind of hybrid handshake high five thing. And then then you in the middle of it, you lock hands and then you bring it in for like the bro hug. Right, and you're like, come in, and you do the pat on the back with the chest bump in the middle. Come on, anybody talking about? Anybody ever had one of those moments? After I preached this last night, I had um, someone come and do that with me just to make me feel awkward. Okay, you know, um, <laughs> hands up in relationship. It's a normal thing that happens, right, in relationships. Well, as we read through this story, we're going to discover that this story about hands up is about relationship. And so I want to read um, a part of the story that we've kind of gone through quickly. We've, we focused on the beginning and the end, but I want to focus on the middle. Because he goes to the top of the mountain, his hands are up in worship and in prayer, and then something happens. Let me take you there. It's found in Exodus chapter 17, verse 12. So he's standing there with his hands up in the air, waving them like he really does care, because it matters. Sorry, just throwing that out there for some of you old school. Here we go. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. Now, I'm going to pause right there for a minute and just make an observation. First of all, that phrase, became tired, couldn't hold them up, is a Hebrew phrase which literally means heavy. It means a weight. It can also mean this, a burden causing emotional fatigue. In other words, how many know that life will fatigue you. Come on, how many say amen? Amen. Come on, if that's you, wave at me. Come on, some of you are too fatigued to raise your hand. (laughs) Life has really gotten you down. In other words, sometimes life just has a way. Kids just have a way. The rat race just has a way. The spiritual barrage of the enemy just has a way of fatiguing us, and that's what happened to Moses. He was in the battle, and the battle just caused his hands to go down because the burden got heavy. It's interesting we see it with Moses. The other thing that's interesting is it said he became tired and he no longer could hold his hands up. And then it starts to talk about who was with him, Aaron and her. The second thing I want to point out is that there's this tendency in life, and we see it in the story, that it's easy to have people around us but to think, I got this. I don't need any help. 
Because what you see happening is you see a guy, his name is Moses, and he's called of God. And if there was a guy who should have it together, if there's a guy who didn't need any help because he had the rod of God, he had the talked face to face with God. If there was ever a guy who would think, you would think, doesn't need relationships because he's got God. It was Moses, but yet here's what we see. He's got this mindset, and here's what it is. It's like, I know you're here, but I'm good. I don't need anybody. I'm by myself, and I got this. Can I tell you that that's a, a culture that the enemy will try to bring into every church family? Because he wants to get you to think that you can do this on your own, that you don't need relationship. In fact, Paul addresses this in the New Testament. Remember when Paul is speaking in Romans and he says, hey, I want to make sure you guys know, by the way, you're not an island unto yourself, but you are a part of the body of Christ, he says. And he says, and the body of Christ has many parts. It has the hand, it has the eye, it has the knee, the hip bones connected to the leg bone. I mean, they're all connected together And he says this as he's talking about it. By the way, remember, you're a part of the body and the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Here's what he's saying. You need to understand you can't do this alone. You need relationship. I want you to know something today. This message is valuable. It's important. You don't realize it. You may not have known this, but God designed you for relationship. In the very beginning when he created man, his name was Adam. And the Bible says he put him in the garden. So he put him in the place he needed to be. And then he said, and not only am I going to put you in the right place, but I'm going to give you the right purpose. He said, I want you to take care of the animals. I want you to take care of the, the garden. So he gave him the right place. He gave him the right purpose. And then after he had created him in the right place with the right purpose, God says, oh, there's something missing. It's not good for you to be alone. So he gave him Eve covenant relationship. In other words, you and I can be in the right place doing the right thing, but without the right people, if we've got the right place and the right purpose, without the right people, something is missing. It's not good to be alone. You can't do life alone. God doesn't want you to do life alone. That's why in this church we're constantly talking about, we're getting ready to launch our circles for the fall. In fact, in the cafe in the back, after service, you can go back and you can talk to our circle director, you can talk to leaders, you can get, there's an email waiting in your, your uh, email um, with, from Higher Vision Church telling you about circles. And if, by the way, you didn't get that, look on your phone after the service and go talk to someone and we'll get you on our emailing list because you need to be connected in relationship You can't do it alone. Y'all with me? Say amen. So this passage is teaching us you got to be hands up in relationship because the kingdom of God is not about me. The kingdom of God is represented in we. Y'all there? Say amen. So we got to be hands up in relationship. So let's keep reading in the verse. Isn't it cool? All of that was just right there in that first phrase. Moses' arms soon became so tired he couldn't hold his hands up any longer. So he had this mindset, I I can do this by myself. And he didn't realize that there were people there. Relationships were there. So what happened? So Aaron and her found a stone for him to sit on. 
I want to give you the first big thought today that is our point on this relationship thing, and it's simply this. I want you to see it, and then I want you to say it. Here's what it is. We need to get comfortable with godly relationships. What does he do? In the story, something happens. Suddenly, he's in a difficult situation. He's struggling. He's getting beat down by life. His arms are falling. So what happens next is through relationships, God says, get, get comfortable. Get, get comfortable. He sits down on the stone. In fact, just say that. Guys, let's go back to that last point again. I want everyone to say it with me. If you're joining us online, let's say it together. Ready? Because we need to hear ourselves say it. Ready? With godly relationships. Right in the middle of the story, what happens? A couple people help him sit down, and here's basically, as I meditated on this passage, here's basically what it said to me. It's this idea of basically some people around him said, some godly relationships that God had placed in his life said, hey, Moses, you're trying to do it by yourself, so let us help you. Don't do this alone. Get comfortable with godly relationships being involved in a part of your life. Ask you a question. Are you comfortable with godly relationships? Because you're better with godly relationships than you are alone. You know, what's interesting about this story is that, <coughs> you see, without godly relationships, here's what we see happens. Without God relationships, we all have a blind spot. He didn't see that there was a solution to his problem. He didn't see that there was a stone right there. He didn't see that there was a solution to keeping his hands in the air. And the reality is that you and I often miss God's provision, miss God's blessing, miss the things that God has placed around us to help us succeed. Come on, how many want to succeed? We miss sometimes the things that God has prepared for us, and it's not because we don't love God. It's not because we're not doing what God said. It's because we don't have people in our life to help us see what we can't see by ourselves. Makes me think of a, uh, an example of this is I love to play the game of golf. And uh, when I go out and play golf, sometimes I play well, sometimes I don't. But I went through this season where I wasn't playing well been playing by myself, and so guess what? I ended up playing with a friend of mine. Some of you remember Pastor Evan was here not long ago. And we went out, and we were playing golf, and I, was, I hit a bad shot, and I'm like, man, what is going on? And suddenly, Evan looks at me, he's like, well, Jared, it's simple. He goes, you're moving your feet in all the, while you're swinging. You're supposed to be solid. And, and here was the point of the thing, is I couldn't see myself what somebody else could see. And because I, as I was on my backswing, because I started moving my feet, it was enough of movement. You know, golf is literally a game of millimeters. Because if you hit just behind or you hit a little bit in front, it's not, it doesn't level out at the bottom. You're going to miss the ball. You're not going to hit it right. And so just that little change that I couldn't see myself hindered my success. And I wonder how many people, because they haven't got comfortable, haven't allowed relationships, godly relationships in their life, now they're missing things that God wants them to see so they can be successful you and I got to get comfortable with circles and godly relationships. Come on, somebody say amen. 
Can I, can I show you? Because you need godly relationships. Let me show you a verse in the Bible. It's on Ecclesiastes. It says, two are better than what? One. Than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. We need godly relationships in our lives. The problem is there's a lot of people, and here's what they say. They're like, but how, Pastor, I don't know about that, guy, that relationship thing. I, I don't want godly relationships because here's the thing. You know the quote, right? You know the saying, hurt me once, shame on you. Hurt me twice, shame on me. So I've already been hurt. I already had someone say something about me. I already had someone disappoint me. So I already tried it once, and you know the saying, the first time, okay, you made a mistake, but the second time, it's my fault if I expose myself to that again. So here's the thing. I, I'm not very comfortable because I got hurt before, and what we end up developing is these phobias, these fears of relationship. How many of you know in life people have fears? Some of you are just afraid to raise your hand. I... I <laughs> I'm sorry, I like to make that cheap joke. So I, I, I was thinking about it, and I found some phobias that some of you are, would know. There's some common phobias, and then there's some uncommon. Let me show you a, a common phobia, a fear. The word phobia is fear. How about this one, arachnophobia. How many are afraid of spiders? Okay, good for you. I am too. Black widows especially. There were some around my house. Those freaked me out. Okay, how about this one? Altophobia. That's not the fear of altoids, in case some of you are wondering. <laughs> It's the fear of heights, right? Some people are afraid of heights. Now, those are ones that we know about, but let me show you some that you might not know about. These are pretty interesting. Um, this one is called chorophobia, and a lot of men have this at weddings. It's called the fear of dancing. <laughs> right? Come on, as soon as the music starts, I got to go to the bathroom. You go ahead, honey, get on the field, get on the dance floor, but I'm fine. Right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? Okay. How about this one? Ecclesiophobia. Fear of church. How, how many know that there's some people here? We got some empty seats. They're, they've got this going on right now. Okay, this one every parent has. Ready? It's called epiphobia, which is fear of teenagers. Come on. Now, sometimes you're like, oh, God, I can't. I don't know if I can make it when they turn a teenager. Fear of teenagers. But, but here's the one I want to, uh, well, let me throw this one in too. Decidophobia. You know what that is? Fear of making decisions. I can't decide if I have that fear or not. <laughs> Sorry, cheap joke. Here's the one I want to focus on. Sarmasophobia. You know what that is? Fear of relationships. And there's a lot of people who are afraid and I want to say, don't let fear of a mistake that happened in the past, don't let something that, that maybe disappointed you keep you isolated. I want to tell you, I'm so thankful for relationships in my life, for godly relationships. It makes me think of, there's a group of men, they're called The Wall, and they meet with me for now over something like 10 years. We've been meeting every Tuesday morning, a small group of men, and they're praying with me. And I got to tell you, there have been so many times, and growing up, I'll be honest with you, I was kind of taught by the older generation of pastor being in ministry. And here's what the older generation of pastor kind of said. I, I heard it in conferences. 
I even heard my parents at one point struggle with this. And that is, hey, listen, Jared. Now, remember, in the ministry, you can't have get too close to people because if you get too close to people, you're going to get burned. And the devil will tell us that. I got to tell you, I'm so thankful that I didn't listen to that advice and that I made a decision. I'm going to get comfortable. Even though it feels uncomfortable, I'm going to get comfortable with relationships. And can I tell you, I'm going to just be straight and vulnerable and, 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 and as transparent as I can. I don't know if I would still be here if it wasn't for the men who have been in relationship with me, who have held my hands up in prayer. I don't know if I would still be married. Come on, to me like, wait a minute. I mean, sometimes pastors have marriage problems? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, how many know sometimes marriage is hard? I don't know if I'd still be married if it wasn't for those relationships. So, so let me give you a little piece of advice or thought. Ready? Let's go, look at this quote. The only way to become comfortable with a relationship is to have one. Maybe what God's saying to us is, you know what, pastor talks about it all the time. It's so important, relationship. Maybe I need to, some of you know when you sit down on a rock, it might be a little comfortable at first, but if you find the right spot, it's not too bad. And you know what? There's a lot of people that will never sit down. And because they never sit down, maybe that's why they're not seeing their victory. Because there are things that you can't see as long as you walk through life alone. Get comfortable with relationship. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. I want to give the next part of the story, and I want to give you the next thought. It's found in Exodus chapter 17, verse 12. So it says, so Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then it says, they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. I want to give you the second thought about this hands up in relationship thing, and that's this. Not only get comfortable with relationships, godly relationships, but number two, you need to think differently about relationships. You need God to give you a new concept of godly relationships and their impact in your life. And as I read through this story, I, I, I focused on three things. And I want to give those quick three things to you. Number one, if you're going to think differently about godly relationships, here's the first way we need to think. And that is that godly relationships inspire creativity. Now, why is that important? Well, let me just say that how many know that in this story, in fact, I want to invite um, Anthony and uh, uh, Austin to come on up, and I want to kind of give you a picture of how I think this story went down. Let's, let's hear it for Anthony and Austin. Come on, give them a hand. So now Moses is standing there, and he's, his arms are getting tired, because how many know that this is light, but if you do it for three hours, and you got to do it for ten, before long, you just can't do it anymore. Now, so his relationships, godly relationships, see he needs some help. And so they're like, Moses, come on, let, let me help you. Now they could come and they could try to hold my arms up, but how many know their arms are going to get tired? So what do they do, like sometimes men will do, is they'll come up with a creative solution. And so they look around and they see a rock. And they're like, here, you sit down. And then this way I think it happened. Moses put his hands on the rod and then what did they do? I could do this all day. I could get on the parallel bar and do some swings and 
Are you guys okay with that? It might break the pole, but how many know that not only I can do this all day, they can do this all day? Because relationships will create and inspire solutions. In fact, guys, stay right here for a minute. I, I came up with and I found some, some examples. How many know sometimes if you're a guy and you've got a problem, like you're trying to fix something at the house and you don't have everything you need, as long as you have like duct tape, you know that everything's going to be okay. So I found, guys, thank you for just hang on here. I found a few funny solutions that men came up with. Now, if you're a hunter and you're out in the middle of the wilderness hunting and, um, or maybe you're on a long trip and you're out in the middle of nowhere and they don't have any restrooms, how many know you need a solution? I found some guys that came up with a solution. How many know that's a creative solution? Not the best solution, but it's a solution. How many know duct tape is the same thing? Let me show you a solution I saw with duct tape. You need a drink of water, the water fountain breaks. Come on, a little duct tape can change everything. Or how about this? It's called the redneck hammock. That's a duct tape hammock right there. You're stuck. You can't get up, but you're able to lay down. This one's also a, a wonderful example. Your, your, your headlight goes out. All you need is some duct tape and a flashlight. Now, these look kind of silly, but isn't it interesting how in this story, because of relationship, suddenly they saw a different way to solve the problem. In fact, give them a, a big hand. Great job, guys. I, I, I appreciate your help. I was thinking about an example of this is we had a, a group of guys that um, got together in a circle and they developed this circle, these relationships, and it was called Three Nails. Some of you saw the uh, story on the Ways to Connect video a few months ago. And as they were together, what happened is one of the men got to talking, and here's what he said. He's like, there's so many people out there that are homeless, and, and they, they haven't been able to get on their feet, and so they're staying in the shelter, and we were homeless. My family was homeless, and he said, and you know, when I was in this homeless shelter, he was, I realized that we're sleeping on this cot right next to somebody you don't even know, you don't feel safe, you don't have any privacy, if you feel kind of exposed, and he said, so what if, and suddenly he goes, what if we, we did this thing where we built these little partitions that aren't big, but big enough to create a little privacy, and we could, you know, take some wood, and we could work together, and so now this group of men gather, and what do they do with a little duct tape, with a little wood, with a few nails? They end up in our homeless shelter here in the Santa Clarita Valley building all these partitions so now we can have a homeless person have a little bit of dignity, feel like they have a little bit of privacy. Why? Because relationship inspires creativity. Here's my question. What solutions, what miracles, what breakthroughs, what opportunities are waiting for you in your life but you can't see them because you can't think differently? I, I, I can just do this my way. I can do this on my own. So maybe a circle will reveal your solution. Relationships, what do they do? Godly relationships will inspire creativity. Let me give you another way to think differently, and that's this. Godly relationships will lift us up. What does the scripture say? Let's go back to that verse before. It's Exodus chapter 17, verse 12. It says, so what happens? 
when he had his hands on the rod and they were standing there with him, it says, so his hands held, what's the word? Steady. Steady until sunset. It's interesting, that word steady means secure and unmovable. Come on, think about that. Because they had godly relationships, he was able to be secure and unmovable. Come on, how many of you want to be secure and unmovable when the storms of life blow in? You know, I, I heard a quote. A friend of mine would use this quote, and I'm like, where'd you get that quote? And he goes, oh, my father-in-law. And his father-in-law attends his church. His name is Wayne Edwards, and um, he makes this statement all the time. He says, it's a great life if you don't weaken. How many would say it's a good quote? Here's the problem. Most of us think that the way we don't weaken is, well, if I start working out, and I eat well, and I strengthen my core, right? If we do all those things, we won't weaken. But can I tell you what the Bible teaches? The Bible says if you want to stay strong, two are better than one. If you want to stay strong, if you want to keep your hands up in the fight, what does the scripture say in Galatians 6, 2? In fact, this fulfills the law of God. He says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You will look more like Jesus. You will fulfill the work of Jesus if you get in a group where you can encourage and lift each other up. Godly relationships lift us up. If a righteous man falls... He will arise seven times. Why? Because he's got the relationships to say you can do this. Godly relationships will inspire, right? You think differently. Will inspire solutions and creativity. Godly relationships will lift us up. And here's the last thing. I'm going to bring it to an end. Godly relationships release divine power. Godly relationships release divine power. You realize that when he finally got in his circle, that's when... His hands stayed up, and that's when God released the divine power to defeat the enemy. Now, when I meditated on this, um, I really saw something I hadn't seen before, and it's simply this thought. Think about it for a minute. He was a person who had the appearance of relationship, because he's standing there. Let's just make it practical. He's living for God. He's doing what God wanted him to do, trying to fulfill God's purposes. And around him are other people who love God. So he has the appearance of relationship, but not the benefit of it. And there are a lot of people like that in the church who have the appearance of relationship, but here's the problem. They only sit in a row and they're never in a circle. And they're just like Moses. They show up and they have their hands up and they serve Jesus, but they don't have real relationship. They don't have people that they're meeting with once a month or twice a month or every week that are praying and encouraging each other. They don't have that person that's able to text them when they heard that they're struggling and something's going on in their life. They have the appearance of relationship without the benefit of it. And the other thing that really struck me was this is, first of all, what is the benefit Here's the benefit to relationship, godly relationships. Here's why we need godly relationships. We just heard it a moment ago. Here's what's amazing is that Moses was doing the right thing, and yet he was still not seeing the right result. Think about that for a minute. Maybe you're here and you're doing the right thing, and you don't understand why you're not seeing the right result. 
And then, just a few words later, he keeps doing the same thing and everything changes. One moment, there is no divine power for victory. And the next moment, there is divine power for victory. And he's doing the same thing in both situations. And there's only one thing that's different. In one scenario, he has the appearance of relationship. But he's not experiencing the benefit of it. And in the other relationship, he's invited godly relationships to be a part of his life. And just by doing that one thing... He could keep doing what he was doing, and this time, he sees the victory. Come on, that is big. That is huge. How many people are doing the right thing? In fact, let me just say it this way. Maybe the key to releasing the blessing that's inside you is to embrace what God has placed beside you. Can I say it again? Maybe the key to releasing the blessing inside you is to embrace what God has placed beside you. And I'm going to tell you, beside you, God has placed everything you need to succeed. There are circles, over 130 circles in this church, a place for you to connect. If it's men, you can meet on Tuesdays or throughout the week. If it's women, there's women's groups. There's biking groups. There's basketball groups. There's coffee groups. There's mops for mothers of preschoolers. I mean, there's every kind of group you can think of. We're looking for not only people to attend, groups but people to lead groups my point is is that maybe you're doing the right thing but you're not seeing the right result because the one thing that you need for everything to change is to change your thinking and say God I'm going to welcome and get comfortable and invite relationship into my life because that will release your divine power let me show it to you this way come on look at one more verse Matthew 18 I tell you this if what's the next word not one. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. Verse 20. For where two or three, come on, you got a circle. Two or three together are there as my followers. I am there with them. So notice what it says. Here's what it says. If you want, keep this up, if you want the divine power of God released on earth. Come on, how many want God's power on earth in your home, in your family? This says the way that the divine power comes on earth is not the prayer that you pray, but the people you pray it with. Because here's the reality. So many of us are already doing the right thing but we can't get the right result because we haven't committed to godly relationships. Because godly relationships release God's divine favor. Can I just give you one more thought? Remember Jesus. Jesus, he said, okay, now I want you to go and fulfill my purpose. I want you to go from town to town and I want you to heal the sick and I want you to, to, to cleanse the, 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 those that are, are full of sin. I want you to cast the demons out. So here's what he says. You're gonna go, but not by yourself. And watch this. He says, I'm gonna send you two by two and you will walk in my authority. 
In other words, the divine authority of God's power is not released in me. It's released in we. This is why at Higher Vision Church, you constantly hear me talking about circles. Not because I'm a weird person, (laughs) but because I know what God's word tells us. And God's word tells us that for you to walk in your divine potential, to fulfill God's vision for your life, to experience divine power, you've got to be committed to we. Come on, y'all with me, say amen. Amen. So after this service, first of all, I'm gonna pray over all of you. I wanna invite the worship team to come. After this service, I'm gonna invite you, stop by the the cafe and go in there and talk to somebody about a circle or go to your inbox and click on circles and you can find out about circles. We, we're looking for circle leaders. We're looking for people to connect into circles. We want circles in homes, circles at, at offices, circles at coffee shops, circles on soccer fields. Why? Because we want to release. How many want to release the divine power of God throughout this region, throughout this world where lives can be changed? I want you to close your eyes.